Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Welcome to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. We are recording live from USA Football's National Conference in Louisville. And joining me on the podcast, which he does quite often now because I love his articles, is the head football coach at St. Charles North, Rob Pomazak, and his offensive coordinator, Brian Flynn. So guys, it's it's great. I love when I actually get to sit down with somebody and talk to them face-to-face rather than over the phone. So it's great to, to see you guys here in Louisville. Thanks for having us, Keith. This is a good opportunity. Appreciate it. Very much. Well, you know, as we were thinking about it, what can we talk about here? I very often don't have two guests, especially a head coach and his offensive coordinator. And, you know, I think there's always an interesting dynamic with that. You see how it's handled in different ways. And you, you hear about maybe the, the, the coach who does everything and the uh, offensive coordinator is just the guy underneath them and an assistant and does whatever he says. But you guys have a, a good working relationship, uh, a shared vision, and I'm sure that goes a long way. You've been with, with him now for, for five years, and just that, that trust between you two. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I, I think first and foremost is that, you know, Brian and I, are, we're friends, so it's, it's a lot of fun to go to work with, with a really close friend that you, you, you do share a, a mission with. And the thing that really attracted me to Brian when we, were, when we were in the interview process is we didn't know each other at first, was just that I want somebody who's gonna challenge me as a head coach to work harder and be a better version of myself. And when I, when we sat down and talked, it was just his attention to detail and his drive to be a, a an elite level coordinator was something that was attractive to me because I knew when I came to work, I was gonna have to have my A game on because it, you know, in this day and age of being a high school football coach, it, it's hard to find people who want it as bad as you do. And with Brian, I think it's, it's something that on a daily basis we're we're trying to create the best possible experience for our kids and, and the best team too. I don't know. That's that's my my version of it. Yeah. How about you, Brian? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. You know, it's Rob has given me quite a bit of autonomy. So because he because you know you mentioned trust, and I think that's that's as important, not the single most important aspect of our relationship, is because he trusts that I'm going to do my job, and because we do have a a shared vision of kind of what our program, of what we want it to look like. That he knows that I'm going to do the best I can. So I'm going to be, you know, going to clinics, going to conferences, reaching out to those that know way more than I do, and trying to bring those things back to our program, again, to try and give our kids the best experience up that we can. Right. I think what's interesting, as you, as you said, Rob, like, it, it started with you didn't know each other. Right. So let's, you know, let's step back to year one as this gets started. Um, you still have to have trust. Right. You've hired the guy. So from the get-go, what was the working relationship like? I just, I thought Brian knew his system inside and out, and more importantly, I thought he could teach it. You know, we're teachers first, and, and Brian had a, an, has an educational background, so the idea of him being able to facilitate his message and his, his vision of what the offense should be was something that I was comfortable with him being in front of the entire program with. It was something he presented to me, and his track record, obviously he was very successful at his former school, so that kind of carried into it as well. But it was just something where it's got to be earned. 
you know, and the only way you earn trust is by spending time together, in my opinion. And, and that was something that Brian never shied away from. From the time he got the position, him and I spent countless hours together. And more so is not for him to prove to me that he was worthy of calling the offense, but we're teaching me on what he wanted the offense to be. And, and that's kind of why I appreciate our relationship so much is because I learn from him on, on a daily basis because we don't ever run the same program two years in a row. You know, like I think every year is a different year, different kids, different expectations. And so we're constantly looking at how we can improve the program. And, and sometimes the, the other coaches look at it, well, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. But in our opinion, it's more of we haven't achieved what we wanted to yet and we can always get better. And Brian shares that message and he's always done that. And so that's kind of his hunger is what really kind of attracted me to it. Brian, from your perspective at the beginning, you know, earning that trust, as Coach mentioned. How, how did you approach that? Well, again, I mean, I I have a, a, a fair amount of confidence in what we are doing. Again, not because it's anything I invented. It's all stuff that I've learned from previous coaches. Uh, I had been at a school where Loyola Academy in Chicago where John Halasek, former NFL player, is the head coach. And then from there, I spent some time in Western Michigan and our head coach at the school I was at there had come from Grand Valley State. He'd been an OC mm -hmm. for Brian Kelly. So like, I, I feel like I've learned a lot of information from smart people. And so when I came back to Illinois and was able to interview for the job, you know, I think it's just, a, like I said, it's a matter of doing your job, having a, a, a good understanding of what, what you want to do, yeah. and then being able again to teach it. I, I guess I do have a little bit of a unique relationship in that I am a teacher, but I'm, I don't teach anymore. I'm, my wife is a doctor, so I'm predominantly a stay-at-home dad. And so that relationship with my kids allows me to be, be with my kids more than maybe a full-time teacher coach has. Right. But it also allows me to coach, which is what I really love to do. One of the hurdles is obviously trying to balance. Like one of the things that I tell Rob that I struggle with is I don't want to be a ghost to our players. I, I gotta, they got to be able to see me. I don't want to be the guy that shows right. up in June and right. just tells them what to do. So getting over those hurdles and being present as much as possible in the spring through meetings, weightlifting, those types of things also will kind of help help that situation. But again, overall, I think it's just having confidence in what you're doing. And then when you don't, or when you aren't sure about something, then having the, the, the being humble enough to ask those who do know right. and find an answer to a, to a question or a problem. So in looking at that, you, you mentioned, you know, getting better every year. And I think... Uh, over my shoulder here is, is Chuck Kyle. He talked on the podcast before about every season being a book, right? you got to write those chapters. So you come out of one season, and you want to learn from that and figure out what is this next team. And as you mentioned, we haven't gotten to where we want to be yet, right. so we're always going to look at how we get better. What's the, what's the process for you guys? And I guess I'm sure you're driving it on the offensive side. How, how do you work along with, with Brian on – Here's what we need to do next. Well, it's it's just an end-of-year audit. You know, the same way we look at, at the X's and O's, we look at the state of the team from, a, you know, a philosophical standpoint. Uh, but even opportunities like this where we're away from the school, away from the home, we, we sat down for two and a half hours and, and planned our curriculum for the summer, talking about what's June going to look like. We have 25 days of contact in the summer, so, you know, that's got to be planned out. And so we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about how are we going to target our culture? How are we going to talk, target the offense, the defense? 
and we kind of bounced ideas off each other and really that's the nice thing about my defensive background and Brian's offensive background is we find that commonality of from a teaching standpoint. You know, what are the objectives, what are the key questions you want answered, and then what's the structure and the scaffold that you're going to use? And it's nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. As a head coach, it's, you know, it, you're kind of, it's a lonely place at times because there's not people who always, who always want to share in that deep conversation with you. So it's appreciated to have that. And so th we'll sit down and we'll, we'll talk about it at length. And, and the nice thing with Brian is that it's the opportunity over the phone. We live close to each other. Our families are friends, so the kids can play and him and I can sit back and talk about how we want to develop the program. And as a head coach, you, I need that because you always don't, sometimes you don't believe in what you're doing is the right thing to be doing for the program. And it's nice to have somebody who will either be the contrarian to that and say, you know, have you thought about this? Or reinforce what you want to do. Yeah. Brian, for you, you know, you, you go through and you look at and you evaluate the offense, do all your work there. How are you leaning on coach maybe to, to help you get some of those questions answered? Uh, I'm still in that process of, of doing the end of the year type stuff. So like I'll do a lot of that stuff at home. So when we when I complete that, we'll, we'll meet and we'll kind of have an end of the year audit type thing where we'll talk about those things. I mean, you know, you have a relatively good idea of what went well and what didn't, just obviously from the results of the season. So, so we'll get together and do that. The other thing that we'll do that Rob's done is he's put together a basic a Google folder essentially with yeah. with like expectations and some questions and some some thoughts to kind of focus on in the spring. He's done that for all the coaches, right. all the assistants, all the coordinators. And so, hey, these are the four or five aspects I'd like you to focus on during the clinic season. You know, so so we can try to get some information on those things that obviously were points of emphasis from the previous year that didn't really meet the standard that we want. Right. And so those are things that we do, and coming here obviously helps that in other clinics and visiting. You know, we're going to visit University of Minnesota in a, in a few weeks to try and address a lot of those issues. Yeah, you know, when I I look at the high school level, you know, more and more it starts to maybe mimic the the higher levels where you do see some situations where there's a lot of pressure on somebody in your position put on him from the guy above. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily. A good thing or something that for you will will work long term you know the, the way you guys work together and realizing like it's, it's not about you it's not about me if, if, if something's not happening right on, on what you're doing I'm here to help you rather than you know putting you under his thumb yeah. right. uh, how, sure. how, how, how helpful is that in just helping you do your job to the best of your ability well, I, I mean I, I, I think it's awesome you know, I mean, Rob constantly is asking, you know, what do you need from me? What can I, what can I do to support you? So knowing that you have that from your head coach, you know, just allows you the, the freedom to kind of explore and say, okay, maybe I'm not, I don't need anything here, but I might need something here. And he, he's all about doing everything he can. He views his role very, like I know he, like he's that coach and he's my boss, but I don't really view him as the boss. He's more right. about the whole kind of servant leader. Right. You know, I'm here to serve you. What can I do to help you? What can I do to make your job easier? Because like you said, ultimately it is always, always, always about we're trying to do what's best for the kids. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. never about Rob. It's never about me. It's always about what can we do to make the experience better for our kids. Yeah, and, and I know you said make the experience better. You guys work hard on the experience. For sure. Not 
that this is just wins or our offense going out and executing and you know you've talked about some of those yeah. examples here on the podcast we'll link to some of your other ones like I think we did a, one of my favorites I remember doing with you installing fun yeah. right <laughs> yeah. right but it's not just about making it fun it's about what you guys are doing to create something that these these kids are going to take with them the lessons the memories all of it for the rest of their life for sure I you know i it's it's always going to be about the kids, the player, the people over the players for us. But that's my role as the head coach. I'm fortunate that I've I never claim to be the smartest person in the room. I'm going to hire people who are smarter than me to to run our offenses and defenses. And that's kind of having Brian and our defensive coordinator Rick has allowed me to step into the role of looking at the program from a holistic standpoint right. and kind of being able to fill the voids that aren't X's and O's. And it's, it's a very symbiotic relationship where we all serve our role. Um, and I do want to support my coordinators because nobody wants to win more than the coaches. I tell our parents at our parent meeting every year, like, as much as you want your kid to, to win and the team to win, nobody wants the team to win more than us. We don't care who plays, though, when we win. But the idea being that we're going to figure out a way from a coaching staff to support each other because that's where it all starts. We spend so much time with each other throughout the season and the offseason that for us not to to get along or for it to be a top-down mentality where we're afraid to make mistakes. I mean, even from a player standpoint, you never want your kids to be afraid to make a mistake on the football field. I don't want my coordinators to be afraid to make a mistake or what they would deem the wrong call or the wrong scheme because in inevitably we've got to learn from it one way or another. Yeah, you know, right. and I've just never, I never learned that way, so I don't want our staff or our program to develop that way either. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, a, it's about the the relationships that you're building. No doubt. With, with, you know, we always talk about it with the players, but it's it only works if there's that relationship you build with the staff as well. So let's get into the practical side of this and, and learn a little bit about the mechanics of how this works in a game week and on, on game day. So you've taken a role where, as you said, you are, it's in a lot of ways like the CEO of the program. Yeah. You have your guys who run the offense, right. the guys who run the defense, um, and you're able to help as needed, as you said, you know, taking a servant leader approach. So let's let's start the week off. What does it look like for you as far as Brian, how how you're orchestrating this, and then I guess Rob, how you might, you know, be inserting yourself into it where where you come into play as the head coach. A typical week in the past has started on Saturdays with evaluation of the previous night's game. So we'll go through all that. And then once the kids leave and we begin our game planning process, obviously the talk as a full staff a little bit personnel basic things and we break off and then so I'll, I'll help run their conduct uh, the offensive staff meeting Rob has predominantly been in the defensive staff meetings and then so we'll do our stuff and then we're done when we're done Usually, you know at some point on Saturday Rob always checks in before he leaves so we need if, if a couple of us need to stay later we do or whatever and then you know we'll We'll break off on our own. We'll work on our own until Sunday, and then Sunday night, Rob and I always check in over the phone. Yeah. And so it's so that's the beginning of the game planning process, and then everything we do on both sides of the ball is, is Google Docs, so shared documents. So it's not there's no secrets. Everything is mm -hmm. right. Uh, I like that you guys do. I that. mean, yeah. and it's really we have a number, including me, like we have a number of guys that don't teach in the building. So it's it's partly out of necessity, but it's also obviously a very valuable tool. To, to communicate, obviously, for, for a large group of people. So so let's go back, though, to um, wrapping up that game before and having, you know, that, that staff meeting. 
coming out of a game where something something didn't go right when you sit down with your staff who's who's the one who brings that up who's the one who says you know what this is this isn't where we need to be with it is that you is it is it rob has it been a combination of that well if, it, if we're all together as the staff together to start it, it's usually going to be rob it can come from anybody though i mean it's not like yeah. it's, it has to come from rob but if there's a situation that happened in a game um then yeah it needs to be talked about and quite honestly sometimes it's uncomfortable yeah. And there's been more than one occasion where I, I feel like, you know, I, I screwed up. I made a mistake. I'm, I did something that, I, that it was a mistake in, in that game. And so Saturday mornings, sometimes it's still a little raw. So it, it might get discussed. It might not get completely settled because it might need a little more time. But it ultimately does maybe the following day, hey, we, you know, we got to address what we, what we were talking about the other day. Because we don't want maybe one or two things to kind of hold the entire day hostage because obviously Saturdays are already a long day. We all have families. We don't want to be there till 8 p.m. So it's we'll address it. If it doesn't get you know completely settled, then we'll come back around to it yeah. and get to it. But we need to move on for now and start working on the next opponent. It's obviously finite amount of time. But Or if it was an offensive issue, when we break off into our meetings, maybe we can readdress that. Hey, it requires a deeper discussion. Yeah. Uh, it could be a, a personnel issue. It could be a scheme issue, a call issue. I like to think that we're all mature enough to you know handle those things, but you know sometimes they can. I mean, we're all very respectful. Sometimes it can be a little emotional, though. You know, especially if you didn't win the game, so you already have that result. Right. You know, brewing. You know, so. But ultimately, I think it. The, the way we go about that process, I think, is uh, very, very productive. It's very solutions-based. Like, you know, you're not going to sit there and cry over spilled milk. Right. I'll, I'll write down the list of things that we I'll, that we want to go over as a staff up on the dry erase board. We'll talk personnel. We'll talk practice planning segments. And, and then from there, we'll go to, to anything that needs to be developed and changed a little bit. So... From that standpoint, it, it usually gets rectified, and then we go. We start moving on with the next week. All right, so you know, those things get solved. You move on with the new week. Are there any situations, you know, as you're looking at it, Brian, where you guys on on your side of the ball say, not quite sure if if this is the answer or this. Let's get the boss involved. Is that happens? Is there any part of the game plan where you've looked to? to Rob to, to help you with an answer? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll always bounce those types of issues off of Rob, especially again, because with Rob's very strong defensive background, it, it always can be that, hey, this is what we think we might get. What would you do? Especially if we're playing a team that plays a similar scheme to us. Yeah, those situations come up. And, and that ability to kind of bounce those ideas off each other. It's funny, we were just talking about that earlier today. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. <laughs> about, hey, what would you do? And then, and you know, you play those roles, um, which obviously helps us grow as, as coaches and maybe see things from a slightly different, you know, through a slightly different lens mm-hmm. as you're prepping for that opponent. So as as you head through the week, we get to game day, and you know, that's something that has to be, at least in my opinion, pretty well orchestrated between all the phases of the game. Yeah. Right. Somebody has to say, like. We're going fast now, or hey, we need to control the clock, or you're going, you got four downs on this. You know, how are you driving those decisions? And, you know, I guess the other part of it, we we were talking about Jerry Smith from St. Francis, 
in, in New York and how he on the podcast said in 42 years he's never told anybody to run this play. So I think that's an interesting dynamic too because I've had I've been in those situations where head coaches let me do my thing and I've been in those situations where a head coach has said you need to run this this time. So how, 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 how does game day work out for you guys? Well for us it, it starts with the pregame where we're going to go over our situations. Brian and I have a checklist of uh, situational management that uh, we're going to talk about every situation uh, so that we're prepared for it. We'll write, I'll write it down on my game card. Uh, when the game gets going, uh, I'm predominantly going to be looking to be one step ahead. So I'm more game management, time management, situation management than I am concerning myself with what, what's being watched on the screens behind me in between series. So during, the defensive, during a defensive series, I'm going to be looking at the secondary. But one thing that we've done prior to this, I should have said, is that we establish an in-game routine, a protocol of uh, communications so that we will go over that with the staff and so there's a very distinct way that we're going to communicate from a standpoint of in between plays who's got the mic in between series how are we going to relay messages that are coming from the booth down to our offensive line coach or our coordinator and then eventually the communications that's going to get to the kids and that's something that we talk about as a staff that's something that we practice during our scrimmage games and during our practices because the last thing any of us want is to have somebody who's screaming over the headset when we're trying to concentrate and my job as a head coach uh, I'll let Brian know situations hey we're in four down territory think about two minute drill middle four minutes Brian let's make sure that we you know we want to put some points on the board if there's a personnel situation I think we can take advantage of I might cue him on that but when it comes down to calling the plays um, that's it that's his show and uh, that's something where I'm gonna you know it's gonna go quiet and it's gonna be his opportunity to make the call and I trust him, and I always think the best call is going to come from him, not from me, because my investment on the offensive game plan is very limited. And so I'm going to trust the guys who spend the time on film, and at that point, it's not me. And if I really feel strongly about something, Brian, you know, he, we'll have that conversation, but it's not really something in the heat of a game that, that I think that's my place. It's happened before where I've been a little more opinionated than probably I want it to be, and Brian has said, hey, listen, like, I need the mic, and I, I, need, I need to stay in my rhythm. And that's what I appreciate is the fact that he's man enough and I'm man enough for us to have that conversation. And then, you know, we're hugging each other at the end of the game. Like, there's no animosity. It's just right. two guys who really want the best for the program. Right. And I appreciate that he's able to keep me in check, and that's because he trusts me and I trust him. Brian, from, you know, your perspective then, you know, whether it's halftime or in between series, the adjustment part of it, right? and understanding maybe some of the feedback you've gotten from, from coach, making those adjustments, making sure, hey, I heard this from him, uh, let's make sure we address this. You know, talk about that process, because you only have a few minutes. Yeah, right, well, like Coach or Rob mentioned, the, the, pre, the pre-game meeting that we have, we talk about a lot of those things, so it's going into the game, we, we have a relatively good idea of what to, what's gonna happen. In, in, the, in the midst of the game, you know, the, 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 like Rob does not really talk a whole lot during the, the play calling process unless it comes up, hey, so and so, maybe there's an injured, there's a new corner in, so we can go exploit that guy. There's a new DN or whatever. It could be something as, as much as, hey, so and so hasn't really touched the ball in a while. The, the small, short comments that I can, then I can, so it's not necessarily a play, but it could be a someone to pick on, someone to go after, or hey, let's get the ball to our dudes. 
because obviously that's what that's what's going to give us the best chance to win. Post series, sometimes a brief conversation about what we want to do next, like if it's a four, you know, the, the middle eight minutes, that, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, right. And then there might be a little, there might be a brief conversation like on a, on the, the play that turns into the, the next possession. It's so like a punt or a kickoff. Hey, let's do this, let's do that. Uh, but from a specific play, it's, it's actually very little. Yeah. Well, I appreciate both of you taking some time and giving us a peek inside basically this relationship that you guys have put together and how you're able to, to work together in a way that is best, as you said, for the kids, right? For yeah. the team, because it's not about either of you guys. So uh, I appreciate what both of you are doing. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoy yourselves here this weekend and certainly looking forward to some of those more, some more of those articles. Rob. Coming, I got one ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Keith. Appreciate what you do, Keith. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out all we're doing on Twitter at FBDEVCoach. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski. And check out our systems for tackling, blocking, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com. <laughs>